You know, also as we um, continue to celebrate Christmas and then uh, on our calendar, we, we move from 2012 into 2013, it'll uh, be a, a natural way, a natural time for us to reflect on last year and, and dream a little uh, about the, the year to come. Uh, to do that both individually and also as a community, as a, a community of Jesus followers. Um, you know, it was Socrates, who was a guy from a long, long time ago, who's a pretty smart guy, uh, said that an unexamined life is not worth living. So it's good to stop and reflect and examine, both individually and as a church. And for the next three weeks, we'll be um, doing a little bit of that. Today, looking particularly um, looking backwards as we consider the launch pad. Um, what's that, that, that solid foundation that, that handles all the pressure? I mean, all the force that comes from the, the, the rocket as it's going on its adventure um, is sent downward onto the launch pad. So it, it's got to be strong and solid. And then next week, we'll look at our trajectory. You know, where, where are we going? Where, where are we headed? And, and then um, uh, two weeks from today, look at, you know, what does it mean then to, to get started? What does it mean to ignite, to light the, the, the match, uh, start the countdown to that point of no return? Um, that, and that's, uh, as we look in this year, individually as a church, how do we um, lift off for where God would lead us? Um, our passage that I, the plan is, but plans change. I mean, sometimes you might be surprised what I write during the week and then what I say on Sundays. It, it, there, there are things that change along the way. The plan is to stay with this same passage over the course of the next three um, Sundays and really uh, um, drill down deep into to those. But it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting with verse 9. And uh, you can turn, if you got a new iPad and you brought it with you, go ahead, turn it on. New smartphone, you downloaded the Bible, go ahead. Uh, you can use that, whatever it is, or you can get out the old-fashioned page 927, view Bible or your own, even if you got a, a new Bible. But uh, 1 Corinthians 3, starting with verse 9. Now, let me tell you a little bit of story, what's going on in Corinth at this time. Um, Paul, he was the missionary that took the message of Jesus to Corinth. I mean, he was the one that started the church there. And um, what's happened now in the years that followed was that other people have come. Some other people uh, came as, as missionaries and apostles. They told them about Jesus also, or they taught them what it meant to follow Jesus. And, what, um, and so what's happened is now the different people in Corinth, they're fighting over who their favorite preacher is. And I like Paul. Paul's mine. Well, I like Peter. I follow Peter. Well, I follow Apollos. And if you look in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, it gives a little more detail to that. And what Paul is addressing that now in chapter 3 and saying, you know, um, it really doesn't matter who baptized you or who you heard from Jesus about or which one's your favorite because what is absolutely central is Jesus and, and we are all on the same team. Me, Peter, Apollos, we're all on the same team. And Jesus is the one 
who is central to what we're about. Everything else pales in comparison, actually is insignificant relative to us following Jesus. And that's um, where we uh, pick up um, in uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks again for your written word. It speaks to us of your truth, um, what is real, uh, what truly is foundational, um, what is the very center of our lives. And we ask you help, um, help us to hear from you um, and to experience you, to apply in our lives what you are teaching us. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 9. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. Now, you see, he's addressing that there. You know, all of us, we're servants. You know, we're, we're working together, doing God's work. And, and what we're building is uh, the building here. Now, you'll see uh, sort of mixed metaphors. I, I like to think that if Paul uh, were writing this today, he might even use liftoff and launch pad and trajectory. But he didn't know about that. Because there weren't such things as rockets in Paul's day. But if there were, I propose to you that he would be using that instead of the foundation. But um, maybe not. But anyway, don't get confused in the mixed metaphor that he's, uh, about to, that he's using here about us being a building versus us being a rocket. I like being a rocket better. According to the, verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. So you see, he, laid the, he was the first one there, he was the first missionary there, and others have come and, and build on it accordingly. And he's like, and everybody's got to build on it, and they've got to build on it with care, and they've got to build on it well, and that's very important. Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple? Now, this is another place where it, the correct translation is, would be y'all, not you. Because it's plural. It's a plural you. It's, it's not you individually. It's y'all. All right? Do you not know that y'all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in y'all? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the main point, and you know, and this is this is nothing new. This is a um, for many of us here. This is a, a reminder 
Um, and for those that are visiting for the first time, really never really even heard a sermon or been in church before, glad you're here, you're welcome, uh, keep coming back. Um, but uh, some of this uh, today is a, a little bit of uh, in-house uh, talking to us as church, but hopefully also apply um, in anyone's um, life. But th- th- this is the main point that, that Paul presents to us, is the, the very foundation, the, the launch pad of all of Christians is Jesus. I mean, he's the beginning. I mean, he, he is it, uh, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it's all about Jesus. Let's just take a little bit of time and continue to reflect on, well, what is Jesus? You know, who is he? What, 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 the season we've just celebrated, you know, in Christmas, what we, we know from, from that, those events is that Jesus is God in the flesh. You know, as uh, Eugene Peterson says in the message, it's the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Yeah, that's what Christmas is about. So, so Jesus, who is Jesus? He is 100% God, 100% human. That's what the, the church has taught throughout the ages. That Jesus is 100% God and 100% human. Now you might say, how does that work? How does 100% plus 100% equal 100%? That is the mystery of the incarnation. That's the, the mystery, that which we understand and believe but, but can't explain perfectly. It, in, in a sense, in my mind, it helps to even say that this story is beyond human explanation. It, it takes divine explanation. It's beyond our logical systems and understanding. Which only makes sense. If there really is a God who created the whole universe and that God became human, became one human being, it makes sense that that's beyond our capacities even to understand. But this is what the church has taught and believes. That Jesus is 100% God, 100% human. And it's absolutely necessary that this be the case, that Jesus be God. Because that means what we see Jesus do, what we hear him say, is what God says. It's what God does. It means that when, when Jesus suffered, that was God suffering. Was Jesus was bleeding, it was God bleeding. When Jesus was abandoned by his closest friends, that was God being abandoned. It means that God suffers. It means that God forgives. When Jesus uh, tells uh, the, the woman caught in adultery, you know, I, know, I don't condemn you. That's God telling her that. When, when Jesus tells those around him, I forgive you, that's God forgiving. It means that God teaches. I mean, he teaches us. You know, he says when, when Jesus is saying, uh, preaching and teaching, that's God teaching us. You know, turn the other cheek. Sell all that you have and, and give to the poor. Love your enemies. Sometimes you wish it was confusing instead of clear. Huh? Means that, that, that God corrects us. Hey, don't pray with such big, fancy, long words. Pray this way. Corrects us. Don't worry. Pray. Don't lead like the world leads. Serve. Like I serve. 
It means that God heals. When Jesus says, take up your mat and walk to a man who was otherwise paralyzed and waist down, and he gets up and walks, it means God heals. And it means God invites us to walk in life with him. Was Jesus one of his most common invitations? His most com- one of the most common in, uh, commands. Come, follow me. It's what God saying to you and to me. So it is imperative that God, that Jesus be God, because what we see and hear from Jesus, we see and hear from God. And, and it's absolutely necessary that he be human. Because then that means that God can relate to us and we can relate to God on our terms. We don't have to become superhuman. We don't have to become anything more than we are because God has become like one of us. I mean, the most brilliant thing is that God was born to a woman. Because you know, every one of us here were born to a woman. And every other human being had that same experience. It puts us all on the same level, the same place. We can relate to God on our terms because God became human. And not only is God for everyone, but he is for anyone. He is for you and for me because we have that same experience of being born of breathing oxygen, having blood course through our veins. So anyone and everyone can relate to God because Jesus was fully human and fully God. That's who Jesus is. Well, how do you, you summarize what he did What we say is the pinnacle of what Jesus did. Well, there's a reason that the church has chosen two major holy days in our calendar to celebrate every year. I mean, one, Christmas, to celebrate the incarnation, God becoming flesh. And the other one, a few months away, Easter. We confuse our kids because we buy candy um, about now. At low prices, and well, they always think Easter is red and green in color. But you know, red and green candy right now is 50% off, and, and, and it, it keeps until Easter. But what Jesus did, we celebrate at Easter, the pinnacle of what he accomplished through his death and through his resurrection. And the, the Gospels play that out. The Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the, the, the four um, books in the New Testament that, that tell the story of Jesus, tell the events of Jesus' life. Well, you know, he lived 30, 33 years around there. And 25% of the, those four books tell the story, tell the events of what happened to Jesus in the last week of his life. So 25% of the biography of Jesus that's contained in the New Testament of his 33 years of life is one week. Must be the most important week in his life. Must be the reason that he came. If it gets so much press. And it's 
in his death on the cross and his impending resurrection, breaking loose from death, that he conquers death physically and spiritually. Conquering death physically demonstrates how he's victorious over death spiritually. And spiritual death is separation from God. So what Jesus has done by conquering physical and spiritual death is indeed made a pathway, a clear way. He has made it sure and certain, a straight path, a level path for us humans to relate to God, to walk with God in all of life. I propose to you that that is the very foundation of our faith. That's what Jesus did. It's why he came. And it's what he accomplished on our behalf so that we might walk with God every day of our lives on earth and beyond. And any church of Jesus Christ, any any gathering of people who call themselves a church must be supporting, helping, encouraging, challenging one another to walk with God in every day of life through the gift of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if it's not doing that, then it's not a church of Jesus Christ. It might be a nice group of people. You know, it might be doing wonderful things, but if it's not helping one another to walk with God in every day of life, then it is not fulfilling what Jesus came to accomplish. And if it's what we're doing, and if it's what we're doing, but we're doing it poorly, then we're a poor church of Jesus Christ. I will. I, I don't know that I'll ever say this again. But if you, as a, a part of this particular community of faith, if, if there are things that, that we as a, as a church do uh, that, that get in the way of you walking with God in every day of life, then please complain. Let it go. I mean, complain, let it be known. What is it? What are the things that we are doing that in your life does the very opposite of what our purpose is? Our very foundation, our very launch pad. If we're not doing that, then we're not being a, a church. That is what we have to be about. So please, complain. Now, on the other hand, If there are things that God so blesses that happens that help you grow in your walk with God in everyday life, well, then let somebody know. It really would help if you let the person that organized it know. That would really be a double blessing. So those things might be done and be done even more because that is, and Apostle Paul makes it clear, that is our foundation. There is no other purpose. There is no other grounding. There is no other launch pad. It doesn't matter uh, how beautiful the rocket is. If, if the launch, launch pad is not stable, then man, when the thrusters come on, things are going to explode. Now, if, if you're a regular participant here and have been for the last year, then what I, I beg of you to look backwards over 2012. And, and how did we help one another? 
How did we as a particular church, how did we do in helping one another walk with God? How do we do in your life? And if you're just starting to attend here, you just happened in today, you probably got a better angle on it than most of us. Because you come in with new and fresh eyes. You know, feel free to come tell me just what helps, what has helped you, or what has hindered you from walking with God. You know, now, so that's, that's our foundation back 2,000 years ago. You know, we as a church also uh, can, can look at our foundation through our history as a particular community of faith. Uh, we've, uh, we're coming upon our what, 160th year this, this year. We've been, been a church for 159 years. And there are some great ways that you look back at the launch pad upon which we are on as we venture into 2013. Some ways, they're annoying. Uh, well, when I'm Drew-centered, uh, selfish-centered, they're annoying. Because, you know, I go to church things and Christian things all over the city, all over the tri-state area, and I always run into somebody. I went to College Hill Presbyterian Church here and then this is what happened and, when, and, and how wonderful it was and how significant it was in my life. And when I'm Drew-centered, I'm like, well, that's great. Where are you now? When I'm Christ-centered, I'm like, that's beautiful. I mean, that's what we're about. When I'm like Paul, when it's about Jesus... Then, man, that's beautiful. That, that's, that's what we want to hear because we're about the kingdom. I mean, one of the great things about Jesus being the foundation and nothing else is that he is secure. He is solid. I mean, this launch pad ain't going anywhere. Long before, uh, long after this particular church has died, gone, and burned down, long after we're all dead, the foundation will be the same. When it's in Jesus. Nothing else even compares. As well, this last year, you know, Chappie and I went to Iraq. You know, that's on the other side of the, the globe. Not a, a place where there are a lot of churches. And yet... A person who found their launch pad here, Christine Callison, is one of the global workers in Iraq, trying uh, with her husband Greg and others, trying to build a launch pad there for a place where there aren't many churches and in a, a people group where there aren't any. So really working to build a launch pad there. But while Chappie and I were there visiting her, I mean, she spoke of how... Her time at CHPC was absolutely instrumental. How in, in her, that it was her time here that the Lord so blessed her to renew her faith, to, to give her clear insight and, and vision, and truly was her launch pad to, to mission work in Iraq. You know, that's a beautiful foundation that... that or building that we've built on, that foundation. 
It's a, a beautiful launch pad for us today as we launch into 2013. Uh, this is uh, the end of my sixth year here, uh, which you know, now as a church, we've got 159 years, you know, and I've got six years of history here, so I'm just as much part of the problem as the solution uh, these days. Because you know, when you've got 159 years, you can sort of get into habits and ruts. You can do things because they worked really well back in those days but they don't work so well today, or they're not what God's calling us to do today. You know, we get stuck there, which is all the more reason for those of you that are just uh, have been hanging around for the last three, four, six months or so. Man, that, we need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. Because I'm just as much, as I said, part of the problem as I am the solution, being a part of that history in terms of where we're going. But I will say this, that I'm more excited about us as a church as we launch into 2013 than I have been in any of the six previous years. I think it's part of God's leading and directing, uh, part of, the, of, of you, I mean, just the group that God is bringing here to be a part of what he is doing. And the the work of the the leadership and the staff of this church that are in place and and ready to follow God into God's flourishing for God's glory. I mean, there's there's no more search teams out. I mean, things are in place. God's calling our bluff. Saying, you ready? It's time. And it's absolutely necessary as we venture into this year that we're sure the launch pad is secure. Because as the work of God leads us and directs us, the the events in the history of the church, they're rarely a a nice little cocktail cruise. It's usually quite an adventure with some sharp turns, some challenges, even suffering along the way. And we've got to be sure the launch pad is secure is solid and grounded and that we stay true to our calling. It's part of the reason that when we pray, as we're going to pray in a little bit, that our our mission prayer, one is we don't have a mission statement as much as a mission prayer. It's like, you know, God, you're the one that's got to do this in and through us. It's not because of our thinking. It's not our capacity, but God, it's your work in us. And it's one of the most common words, and that is Jesus. We want to connect to one another in Jesus. We don't want to connect to one another because of anything else. We want to connect to one another in Jesus because he is our foundation. He's our launching pad. We want to serve like Jesus, no matter what it costs. Because we don't want to serve because it looks good, because it might get in the newspaper, or it's politically correct. We want to serve because that's what our Lord and Savior taught us. To serve as he served. And we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate him because of what he has done. And because if our celebration, if our joy is tied to any other rocket but him, then it's going to run out of gas. 
It's going to be affected and impacted by the things around it. But if our celebration is tied to him, then it is sure and certain, no matter what the weather conditions. One other thing, as we enter into this year, uh, we're uh, in the last six months, these next six months, are absolutely crucial for a particular question as we look back over last year that we as a church said we want to ask and we want to decide. And that is, what is the best denominational affiliation for us as a church? And these next six months are absolutely crucial for us to ask that question and, and pursue God's leading to answer that question according to one item. What will best help us stay true to our foundation? What will best help us be a church that encourages, supports, helps, challenges one another to walk with God in every day of life? No other question really matters but that one. And that's our charge over these next six months. And I encourage you to participate in that process over these next six months. Centered on the launch pad of Christ. Now, individually... What I ask you to do now as you consider the launch pad and the foundation is, is to reflect over the last 12 months for you. Just How are you walking with God in the last 12 months? How was your walk with God? How, how would you characterize it? Where, where, where were ways, people that God brought across your paths? Uh, uh, where are experiences or passages? What were ways in the last 12 months uh, that where your walk with God was, uh, was alive? And if it was, if it was alive, you can point to those, then, then celebrate those with God. You share that with others. If it wasn't, Then ask yourself why. Don't run and hide from honestly addressing that question. You know, is it just that you were too busy? Other things got in the way? You know, what, what kept you from growing in, in your walk with God in the last 12 months? Again, you know, be honest. You're with yourself because God already knows. You're not going to hide anything from Him. But now, now is the time to look back and reflect. Examine your life in Christ with God. Both individually and as a church, our foundation, our launching pad as we look ahead is Jesus Christ. Him and Him alone. Amen. Let's pray together.
as we do uh, pray, uh, one person that we'll pray for that you, um, most of you don't know, is Zach Hinserling, and that's uh, Alan McKinney's cousin. And, and Zach was the 20-year-old uh, worker at the hazardous waste plant down here on Spring Grove who uh, died yesterday morning from an explosion um, at work. And uh, so Alan asked that we pray for um, Zach's family, his parents, siblings, his fiancée. He was engaged to be married this year. Um, and uh, uh, for um, Alan and the rest of the family. So we'll... Um, be sure to pray uh, for him as well. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks that in Jesus the way is made clear. Uh, The path is sure that we can walk with you in life. Thank you for that. And Father, we we pray as a church, as a community of Jesus followers, that you would continue to do your work in and through us, that you would correct us, Lord, where there's stuff that that we're doing that gets in the way or that just is, is a waste of time, that doesn't help us walk with you, then show us and give us the strength and courage to stop. And show us the, the things that we, we do that help one another, that build one another up in you, that help us to, to walk in every area of life with you, that, that we might pour more and more energy into those with one another. For we seek to, to be a church in line with your mission, with your vision, with who you are, dear Jesus. We take this time as well and pray for our brothers and sisters in in churches around the world. We we pray particularly uh, for those in churches that face uh, persecution and opposition. Again, just this weekend, more bombs and attacks on our brothers and sisters in Nigeria and the the church there. And we, we pray that your spirit would keep them strong and bold and firm in you. And we lift up uh, one another uh, to you as well. We, we pray your, your healing hand upon Donna Pestinger as she's back in the hospital. Pray that you would uh, give her your, your healing, your strength, and for her husband Richard as well, peace and comfort in you. We do lift up the family of Zach uh, Henserling. We pray your, your comfort and peace upon them, that your, your spirit would indeed bring a peace that's beyond understanding. And that uh, all those that survive Zach would, would rest secure in that sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Continue to, to lift up uh, to you Chris Welch and Bob Fall as well. Your healing hand upon them. And, and we give you thanks that Ann Clippard was released from the hospital this week. She continues to heal in you. And Lord, others, we don't say out loud, but you hear the cries of our heart. We lay before you, seeking your healing, your redeeming power, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual. 
And Lord, uh, particularly, we, we pray, um, as Timothy tells us to play, pray or, um, regularly, that, um, to pray for our government leaders. And we pray in this season uh, of uh, debate and uh, seems inability to make decisions, Lord, that, that indeed you would lead to, to do and accomplish what is best for the common good. And we lay um, our, those that you've uh, chosen um, to be our leaders at your feet uh, for your wisdom. And Father, we come before you in um, one voice, uh, seeking to be your, your church without walls, a, a place where indeed we help one another to walk um, with you and invite others to join. Hear us as we pray, not uh, words of um, any uh, uh, magic, but hear us as they give voice to the cries of our heart and form the very desires of our heart. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. Now let us continue to worship God um, through our giving. As uh, God has generously given to us, let us give generously. As God sacrificially gives, as God cheerfully gives, so let us give and we, we celebrate as we give. Just in this last holiday season, the privilege we had because of God's generosity um, to us to be generous to over 2,000 people. Um, during Thanksgiving and Christmas, who received meals, food, presents, or resources they otherwise wouldn't have had. Let us uh, worship God through our giving.